When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. My intention as a mother, as a writer, as a lover of books was to surround my daughter with a library that was representative of her life and her upbringing and her family and the love that was going to be surrounding her. And it was darn near impossible to find. You're listening to How To. I'm Amanda Ripley. When you write for a living, people are always sending you quotes about writing, some of which are a little too painfully accurate. Like Ernest Hemingway, he once said, there's nothing to writing. You just sit down at a typewriter and bleed. <laughs> or this line from Christopher Hitchens. Look, everyone has a book inside them, which is exactly where I think it should in most cases uh, <laughs> remain. <laughs> Ouch. Okay, so maybe not everyone should write the great American novel, fine. But what about a simpler story, like a children's book? I've had this idea for a children's book, and I have a manuscript and everything. I've been sending it out for the past couple of years, and I, I just feel kind of stuck. This is Shani Marie. She teaches first grade at a public elementary school, so she knows what captures the attention of squirmy little kids and what definitely doesn't. I know that it's a good story and a story that needs to be told and heard by other people. It's something that I don't want to give up on. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I need a way to just move the needle. <laughs> mm -hmm. So I figured maybe you guys can help me. <laughs> Okay, we will. Before we get to that, I'd love to hear, can you, first of all, tell me a little bit about the story. So it's about a little girl named Sarita and her mom moved to the United States when she is like about seven or eight years old. But Sarita is in Jamaica with her dad and her brothers. In the story, Sarita really misses her mom and finds comfort in the care of Nana, a sort of neighborhood granny. Nana does this through like her cooking, her food and her gardening, especially when Nana is cooking jerk chicken. And it, it helps Sarita to get through, you know, the difficulty of not having her mother around her. She based the book on her own experience growing up in Jamaica. Yeah, my mother also left when I was young. She migrated and we stayed back. And then when I was when I was about 11 or 12, we came to the U.S. Where did you move to first? We moved to New Jersey, in Booton, New Jersey. Aha, I know it well. Oh, you do? <laughs> I'm a Jersey girl. Oh, wow, nice. <laughs> it's funny, when we first arrived in the country, I saw, like, you know, the big highways and the lights and all this, and I was just like, wow. <laughs> mm -hmm. um, 
And then, you know, that wow kind of like became sadness because it was it was a bit of a culture shock. You know, I remember specifically my music teacher saying to me, you know, when you sing, I, I want you to not I want you to not have your accent. Shannon Marie often found refuge in books. I was always in the library. <laughs> that was like one of the things that was like a saving mm. grace for me. Mm. And I just remember the librarian saying to me, are you sure you want to read that book? It seems like it's a little bit advanced for you, but <laughs> I just wanted to read everything. That's actually a big reason that Shannon Marie became a teacher. She loves read aloud time when a really great story works its magic on her kids. One of their current favorites is the children's book, Giraffes Can't Dance. Yeah, they loved it because sometimes they have a hard time with like, you know, not being able to do things. Yeah. And... I think it helps them to realize that you have to learn how to do things. Things take time. You know, it takes time. That's a lesson that resonates for Shannon Marie and the person we brought in to help her, Deneen Milner. The standout to that story is also that um, Gerald, this is named Gerald the Giraffe, he has an odd way of dancing, and so he doesn't necessarily dance like all of the other animals in the jungle. And so when he finally hears the, the music of nature, specifically the moon, his knees start knocking, and then his body starts swaying. It's about finding your own rhythm and being your own person and understanding that even if you can't dance like someone else, you're still dancing. It's really a beautiful story. On today's episode, how to find your rhythm and your voice even when other people don't get it. Deneen has written over 30 books. She's a New York Times bestselling author, and she runs a children's book imprint at the publishing house Simon & Schuster, which is, full disclosure, the place that published my last two books. Anyway, she has some wonderful advice for Shani Marie, and really anyone who wants to write a children's book or just tell a rollicking good tale to your friends. It reminds me of one other quote, this one from the writer Zora Neale Hurston. She said, there is no agony like bearing an untold story inside you. Stay with us. This episode is brought to you by Defender. For those who embrace the impossible, the Defender 110 is up for the adventure. This iconic vehicle has been redefined with thoroughly modern design. The exterior is reimagined with compelling proportions and precise detailing, and the interior is built with robust materials and integrity. The Defender capability is legendary, whether you're facing off road challenges or harsh weather conditions. Built for the modern explorer, the Defender 110 lets you go further and do more. And cargo capacity means more room for your gear. To drive the Defender is to explore with greater confidence. Powerful innovations like the intuitive driver display and award-winning infotainment system keep you connected. Innovative camera technologies deliver unobstructed views and effortless maneuvering. Ready for a wide range of adventures, the Defender family features the two-door Defender 90, the Defender 110, and the Defender 130, which seats up to eight. A vehicle made to go further, the Defender 110. Learn more at LandRoverUSA.com forward slash Defender. Apple Card is the perfect cashback rewards credit card. 
You earn up to 3% daily cash on every purchase every day. That's 3% on your favorite products at Apple, 2% on all other Apple Card with Apple Pay purchases, and 1% on anything you buy with your titanium Apple Card or virtual card number. Visit apple.co slash card calculator to see how much you can earn. Apple Card issued by Goldman Sachs Bank USA, Salt Lake City Branch. Subject to credit approval. Terms apply. All right, ready? <laughs> Nana's house was the place to be. She was the matriarch of our community, an old lady who could cook like nobody's business. Dark, smooth, creamy skin that would make a young girl jealous. Black and white peppered hair and an oval face that showed her wisdom without wrinkled lines. Her posture strong and sturdy like a woman who could not be moved from her conviction and her smell like a mixture of spicy, tasty food and sweet sweat. This was Nana. She was the neighborhood granny where all the children found a welcoming home. The soft breeze from her vividly green front garden. When did you decide to write this story, to write your own children's book? How did that come to pass? Yeah, I think, you know, when I first started teaching, which was like 2008, 2009, a lot of the books, they didn't have like, you know, diverse, diverse characters. Um and so I always thought, like, it, you know, what what would happen if children actually, like, saw themselves in the books that we were reading? Because at the time and at the school that I was working at, we didn't really have very many diverse books. They were either, like, animal characters or, you know, white characters. Oh, for sure. And, you know, while it's better today, in 1999, when I had my first daughter, it was abysmal. I couldn't just walk into a store and find books that featured characters that look like my daughter. And so fast forward to like 2003 or four, and I had about 10 books, adult books under my belt by then. And just thought it would be cool to write some children's books, the kinds of children's books that I would like my to read to my daughters. And I came up with a couple of ideas and my agent shot them around and, you know, the, the editors just didn't get it. They didn't care about them. They couldn't identify with the stories that I was pitching. Um, and so they fell on deaf ears. I, they just went nowhere. Deneen went back to writing books for adults, but she never completely let go of the idea. She started a very popular parenting blog called My Brown Baby and eventually convinced a small publisher in Chicago to let her run her own imprint for children's books. And I, I published in 2017 my first five children's books. Um, two of them I wrote. One was the book that I had pitched back in 2004 called Early Sunday Morning. Um, and I published it myself. And then I found a couple of other Black authors who had stories of their own that were just sitting on their computer that nobody would buy. And I published those. And in my first year, uh, one of those five books, Crown and Ode to the Fresh Cut, won a Newbery honor, a Caldecott honor, and about five other top um, of the highest uh, honors for children's wow. books in the country. So what do you know? There was an audience. <laughs> wow. What do you know? There was an 
audience. What do you know? <laughs> like, all the, I remember when I was a kid going to the library, my mom loved the library and I, therefore I loved it. And we would just look for that award, that medal on the that front sticker. cover of the book. Yep. And, Absolutely. and you're right. They were just, they were all about white kids. Except for like the mm-hmm. snowy day, right? Which was great. Mm-hmm. But like, that <laughs> was it. <laughs> and right. So, right. Uh, did you? So it sounds like you noticed this, Deneen, You noticed this void, Deneen, Can you tell us a little bit about Early Sunday Morning? Sure. Well, Early Sunday Morning is a book about a little girl who is going to have her first church solo, her big church solo, where she has to stand up in front of an entire congregation and sing a song. And while she doesn't have a problem singing at home, standing up in front of a bunch of people and singing is a whole nother proposition. And so um, the book is about uh, the community coming together and helping this little girl stand up straight and sing uh, mm-hmm. and to you know have the confidence to do so. Very much like what Gerald does in Giraffes Can't Dance. Mm-hmm. It's learning how to sway to your own you know, beat. Early Sunday Morning is now in its third printing and one of her most successful titles, which leads us to our first insight for an aspiring author. Sometimes editors are right, and sometimes they are just wrong. They just don't know. Oh yeah, some of the better editors will write you letters and tell you, here is why you know this isn't working for me, or here's why I'm not gonna buy it. Most mm-hmm. of them just say, no thanks, you know, right. pass. We'll pass, yeah. Right. <laughs> Shani Marie, what kind of, have you gotten letters like this? Rejection letters? Yeah, it's been, well, usually I just don't hear back anything. Uh-huh, <laughs> right, right. Do you know how many publishers you've, you've submitted it to, roughly? I would say it's at least 50, oh, like 50 wow. to 100. At one point I was thinking, is it the story? Do I need to just change it but then I thought to myself I don't want to change the 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 backbone of the story the meat of the story is dealing with a lot it's dealing with immigration it's dealing with grief the you know parent separation you know they'll be able to relate to it they'll be able to see themselves in that story and it can help them to understand it a little bit better, you know, to feel to feel heard, to feel seen. When I when I was younger and I was in the library, if I was seeing stories like that, like I'll be able to better deal with difficult things as a child, you know. Yeah. So it's like you've written the book you wish you had when you were a kid. Yeah. Yeah, that makes sense. Deneen, I wonder, you were also once on the outside looking in with your with your own children's story. Any, any advice for Shannon Marie based on what you've heard so far? Sure. So um, very rarely do we see mainstream publishers publishing stories um, out of the Caribbean and Africa. Yes. It's bizarre to me. <laughs> and, and I can't, for the life of me, understand why those markets are not being tapped. Um, and so that's, that may be one of the reasons why... Um, you know, it's 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 just a very hard and untapped market um, with so much potential, and it's a story that um, most people don't necessarily understand, right? It's like um, I I get it. <laughs> you know, a yeah. mother has to make um, a sacrifice, a humongous sacrifice, to leave her children behind so that she could 
open up a way to make a better life for them. Yeah. Gotcha. And, but we are talking about, I mean, if I, if I have this right, something sure. like 4 million Caribbean immigrants residing in the United States right now and 45 million immigrants overall. So this is actually mm -hmm. not a small market because correct me if I'm wrong, Denise, you can have a best-selling book and sell, you know, 30,000 copies, right? I mean, yep. so those oh, numbers wow. are actually, you know, not small given the potential Absolutely. market, right? Absolutely. Absolutely. For, for instance, last year, um, I published a book called If Dominican Were a Color. It is literally set in the Dominican Republic. And it's about, it's a, a gentle story about colors that um, speaks to all of the, the beauty of the colors of skin and compares them to all of the beauty of um, colors in nature in Dominican Republic. It's really a gorgeous book. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I wasn't afraid to, to publish it. I thought it was beautiful. And that book has done so well. <laughs> it's done oh, yeah? so well. Wow. And uh, it is one of the top selling picture books uh, right now in Target. And so with Sarita's Flight, I, I think that it's a really beautiful book, but okay. there are technical things that you need to work on. Okay. When we come back, Deneen gives a master class in what makes a great children's book and how Shani Marie can get hers off the ground. Stick around. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Hey, listeners, whether you love true crime or comedies, celebrity interviews, news, or even motivational speakers, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue, right? And guess what? Now you can call the shots on your auto insurance, too. Enter the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. The Name Your Price tool puts you in charge of your auto insurance by working just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance. Then they'll show you a variety of coverages that fit within your budget, giving you options. Now, that's something you'll want to press play on. It's easy to start a quote, and you'll be able to choose the best option for you, fast. It's just one of the many ways you can save with Progressive Insurance. Quote today at Progressive.com to try the Name Your Price tool for yourself and join over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company & Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. On Death, Sex, and Money, we feature interviews with you, our community of listeners, getting honest about uncomfortable things. I developed an illness where it isn't safe for me to drive. A friend once said to me, sex is like air. You don't think about it until you're not getting enough. This is a similar sort of thing if you just replace sex with driving. Listen to Death, Sex, and Money wherever you get podcasts. We're back with writer and publisher Deneen Milner and Shani Marie, author of a manuscript called Sarita's Flight. Sarita then said, while standing in Nana's garden, Nana, these flowers remind me of my mama. Yes, Sarita, I planted this garden, and your mom is planting a garden for you. What do you mean, Nana? I so there are two things that I love that stood out in this story that I thought were really beautiful. Um, one was Nana and Sarita cultivating the garden and Nana saying that um, the same way that they're cultivating the flowers and how beautiful they are and they're growing mm -hmm. is the same thing that the mother is doing 
while she's off away working and trying to make yeah, a way like for her daughter. So I really loved that. And Thank I really you. loved um, the comparison of chicken, the jerk chicken marinating to a mother's love for her child and a child's love for her mother, marinating and growing and becoming more seasoned. And I think that those are the two concepts that you need to build up. Okay, right gotcha. now, when you're when you're thinking about your your book, you have to think of it in terms of um, what you see on the page versus what you see in the words, and so it's really hard to write a children's book because you have about tops seven hundred words to work with, right? And you have to tell yeah. a whole story, beginning, middle, and end, in that seven hundred words. And so to buy yourself more words, you have to think about the story that an illustrator can tell. Okay. And so um, you spend about half of the story or about a third of the story explaining what Sarita looks like and what Nana looks like. All of that is something that can be done by the illustrator. And I that see. buys you more words, right? I see. And I think that that is one of the things that rookie um, children's book writers do not necessarily understand. Here's another tip, and it's kind of the opposite of what most writers are told. Instead of show, don't tell, tell, don't show. The illustrator in a children's book does most of the showing, so your text doesn't have to. A thing that was really, really helpful for me mm -hmm. was to take um, 14 sheets of paper mm -hmm. and fold them in half. You literally are creating a children's book when you do that, right? Page-wise okay. in your hand. And then you take each one of your lines and you put it on each one of those pages. And then you can see the pacing of your story. Oh, that makes from sense. From beginning to end, right? And Because when I'm looking at your your story, it's paragraphs. That's not the way that you would see a children's book, right? You don't yeah. see the paragraphs. You see it in lines on one page, lines on the next page, illustrations, you know, illustrating those lines. Mm -hmm. And so that's the way that you need to present it to an editor. Oh, my goodness. So oh. I mean, how that, are you even supposed to know this? <laughs> yeah, this so I important. did not know that. Yeah, yeah. So if you if you put it into... Uh, the correct format for them that sort of makes them, you know, more more prone to read it. But more importantly, it helps you pace your story, mm -hmm. right? And it helps you see your words on the page and it helps you understand beginning, middle and end and how a child would see that story progressing. And I promise you, if you take your, your words exactly as you wrote them and you divvy it up over those 28 pages, you'll see every mistake you made. I will every do last that. one of them. <laughs> I, will I definitely promise do you that. will see them. Yeah, you're saying like, first of all, the illustrations really matter and they do a lot of the work for you. And 700 words, I mean... My God, I mm -hmm. write emails to my editor that are longer than <laughs> seven. Right, exactly. It's actually much, much harder to write short than to write right. long in my experience. Yes. And, you know, think about a child who doesn't know how to read, picking up a book and not mm -hmm. knowing what the words say or mean. 
What are they looking at to get to know what that story is? They're looking at the illustrations. That's true. And the illustrations can tell the story just as beautifully as your words can. Okay, so I have one more thing that that I want to say, and that's about the actual story. So we need to understand who Sarita's mother is to her, right? That's never really explored in the story. Um, we know what Nana means to Sarita, but we also need to understand what Sarita had in her mother so that we can understand the loss, right? When her mother goes away. Remember, a child would need to understand, you know, like, well, who was Sarita's mommy to her? Did she like her hair? Was she, did she think that she was pretty? Did she like to cuddle up with her in the morning? Did her mother cook jerk chicken and she really loved it? And so now we understand what she, what was lost. I see. And then perhaps, and this is, and this is a, 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 this is a black thing. This is a Caribbean thing. This is an African thing. Nana can be a little harsh, right? Like Nana's like, (laughs) hey, your mom is like, your mom is over there and she's got a job and she's going to do it. Okay. So eat this jerk chicken and be okay with that. Right. That's true. But for the sake of a children's book, it cannot be, hey, your mom is in America. She's working and she's building something there. So, you know, eat this jerk chicken and go about your business. (laughs) That is not going to fly in a children's book. And so there needs to be maybe a little bit more gentleness. Okay. So Nana needs, Nana needs to relay that she understands that this baby is hurting. Does that make sense? Yes, definitely. It makes sense. Here's another tip. Just like with anything, you want to try out your product with its intended audience. So make sure you read your story to a group of actual kids who should theoretically love it. Notice when you lose their attention. Notice which characters they love and which ones they distrust. Is that what you intended? Luckily for Shani Marie, she has a built-in focus group, which she sees every day in her own classroom. Do you think that the ending needs to wrap up in some tidy Hollywood way? I don't think that it necessarily has to wrap up any any big Hollywood way, but I would love to see Mommy. Maybe it's eating the food with Nana and then Mommy calls. You know, this is the big kind of reunion over the phone, and she recognizes that there is a relationship that needs to be built in a different kind of way. Um, You know, but a a child needs to see her mother. (laughs) A child needs to feel her mother. So um, I know Disney kind of kills off all the moms, but you don't need to (laughs) in your book. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. (laughs) You know, one takeaway for me at least, is writing a children's book is hard. I mean, do people underestimate how hard it is, Denise? I really do believe they do. You know, I think people misunderstand and underestimate how difficult it is to write, period. This is key. Writing is hard. Don't think it's going to be easy just because it's a children's book. A lot of friends of mine, they try to write a book and find out it's a lot harder than they thought. It doesn't mean you shouldn't do it, though. It just means that you shouldn't do it in isolation. That's a bad idea. So get some help from a writer's group or, if at all possible, a book agent. 
I will say that at the mainstream publishers or the top five, um, that mostly editors won't read your work unless you come to them with an agent. Some editors um, don't mind uh, unsolicited work. I'm one of those editors, um, but I'm rare. The beauty of an agent is that Mm. agent knows the lay of the land and who is looking for what. Like agents know not to come to me with stories about slavery or the civil rights movement or black firsts because quite frankly, I feel like the landscape is already saturated with stories about Martin Luther King and Harriet Tubman and Muhammad Ali. And I don't need to, you know, do any of those stories here. Um, They also know that I am very much into stories about the humanity of Black children, very much like your story. If you're serious about pitching an established publisher, look online or ask around to find reputable agents who have sold children's books like yours before. You can even try to reach out to an author you love and see if they can tell you who their agent is. If that doesn't work, consider self-publishing. It's easier to do today than ever before, but it does put the onus for the production, marketing, and distribution on your shoulders. In Shani Marie's case, she'd rather leave all of that to the publishing house. So the last question would be like, okay, once I make the changes and I do all that, how do I know, okay, like I'm ready to start submitting again? Well, that's the underbelly crappy side of this, right? You just don't know until you you get it to the right editor who sees the vision and says yes. And here's our last insight. It takes an unreasonable amount of perseverance if you really want to get your story out into the world. But if it makes you feel any better, J.K. Rowling's first Harry Potter synopsis was famously rejected by every major publishing house in the UK. Wow. And she just kept at it and kept changing and kept editing and kept writing until she got that, you know, that yes. And, and look at the girl now. So I think your question, Shani Marie, really should be, so Deneen, what's your email address? So when I finish this, how do I get that to you? (laughs) (laughs) That's what it should be, girl. That's where I would have been going. (laughs) (laughs) oh you're funny (laughs) okay yeah that's my next question okay there you go there you go that's what I'm talking about (laughs) so after we hang up I will make sure that I get that information to you because this is a story that I would that I would absolutely love to see once you go back and you edit it and you retool it I would absolutely love to see this story oh wonderful wonderful Thank, thank you for the push. <laughs> As a fork to tear the tender pieces apart, this was her heaven on earth. Nana watched Sarita with a smile and knew she was comforted for that moment. Sarita longed for this feeling of belonging to a mother, but Nana would always tell her, Yamada love you, even though she is not here. Thanks to Shannon Marie for sharing her story with us and to Deneen Milner for all her great advice. Be sure to look for all of her books from Easy Sunday Morning to The Fresh Princess of Bel-Air, written with Will Smith. Before we go, we got an update from Shannon Marie. So I definitely took Deneen's feedback into consideration and 
One of the ones that were really helpful was taking paper and putting all the sentences in that book, which really helped to improve the flow of the story. So I'm really grateful that I was on the show and I sent her the updated manuscript. So I'll see what she has to say. Thank you, Shannon Marie. That's great news. We look forward to getting advanced copy of your book one day soon. Do you have a story that needs to be told or a dream deferred? Send us a note at howto at slate.com or leave us a voicemail at 646-495-4001. And we might have you on the show. If you're a regular listener of How To, the best way to support this show is by joining Slate Plus, Slate's membership program. Signing up for Slate Plus helps us help all the people you hear on our podcast every week. It's only $1 for the first month, and members will never hear another ad on our podcast or any other Slate podcast. You'll also get free and total access to Slate's website. Plus, you'll be supporting this important work. So I hope you'll join if you can. Again, it's just $1 for your first month. To sign up now, go to slate.com slash howto plus. Again, that's slate.com slash howto plus. How-To's executive producer is Derek John. Rosemary Belson produces the show. Our theme music is by Hannes Brown, remixed by Merritt Jacob, our technical director. Special thanks to Amber Smith. Charles Duhigg created the show. I'm Amanda Ripley. Thanks for listening.